Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. I'm glad you joined us today. We're just getting started, Program 2, God's Mission, My Mission, Joining God in His Life-Changing Mission Around the World. Well, I'm excited today because you're here, but I'm also excited our team's here. Welcome to Hope Sabbath School. And I'm excited because one of our team, Brittany, is going to be leading our study today. And Brittany, it's an inspiration because tens of thousands of young adults are also teaching, right? So we're excited that we can be part of Hope Sabbath School today. We've also got some team members joining us remotely. So we want to welcome Amy. Good to have you back. Glad you're with us today. Leah. Good to see you on our study today. And Rodney, always good to have you with us. We're looking forward to a great study together. And we're also happy to hear from you. You say, Derek, when, uh, when Brittany asks a question, I'll raise my hand. That's good, right? Mm -hmm. It's interactive. We'd also love to hear from you. So why don't you write to us, sshope at hopetv.org. We know of about 200 countries where Hope Sabbath School members are studying the Word of God with us. Here's one from Arnold in Uganda. Arnold says, Hope Sabbath School is really amazing. Mm. We would say, praise God, because that means God's at work, right? Mm -hmm. It kick-starts me to read my Bible every day. Mm. It's really changed my life. Someone ought to say, Amen. right. May God bless you, Arnold. We're just so happy you wrote to us from Uganda. It would be worth doing the program just for Arnold, right? <laughs> yes. But we know that there's a million other people watching, and we're glad you wrote to us from Uganda. James writes to us from the Philippines. We have a lot of Hope Sabbath School members there. And James says, I'm an Adventist youth from the Philippines. It's been five months already since I started watching Hope Sabbath School. So we're always getting new people, aren't we? Mm -hmm. It's not just I've been watching for 15 years, but five months. I've been following your channel all the time, and I see to it that I will not miss any of the programs. Mm -hmm. As a young person, I thought studying the Bible would be too hard for me. But praise God, I found Hope Sabbath School on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I've been tremendously blessed through the program. I've discovered and learned a lot of things that I never knew before. I came to understand topics clearly, and it shed light on some of my confusion and questions. I'm glad that I'm growing each day with Jesus. Amen. What an amazing testimony. I come to strengthen my relationship with Him. I'm hoping to see you all soon in God's perfect time. Amen? Amen. James, thanks for writing to us. and. By the way, if you were listening to that and you said, I want to share my story, write to us, sshope at hopetv.org. God's working miracles around the world. Here's a little handwritten note. I always appreciate these. This note says, greetings to you and your staff. Smile. <laughs> I've listened to many of your programs and I appreciate them. I'm on Social Security, can't contribute regularly, but I want to enclose a donation Thank God and bless you all. And a gift of $25 to Hope Sabbath School. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you so much, donor, uh, from Ohio in the United States for being part of that great miracle. We're a donor-supported ministry, you know. And if you'd like to be part of that, you say, Derek, I, I am. I believe in what God's doing through this ministry. You can go to our website, hopetv.org, 
slash HopeSS. Click on the little donate button and thank you for what you do. One last note from Valerie in Jamaica. Lots of people watching in Jamaica. She says, God called me out of a nominal church into the Adventist community and gave me this message to share in dangerous places in Jamaica. I'm calling people to Jesus because the hour of his judgment has come. <laughs> Please pray for me. Are you glad that Valerie wrote to us? Yes. Valerie, I'm, I'm glad you, you came to a deeper understanding of God's word. And, and you're not only saying, praise God, I'm saved, but you want to be part of the mission. Sharing that, that's what this series is all about. And I'm excited, Brittany, that you'll be continuing our study from program one about God's mission to us. But before we do that, I want to invite you to sing our theme song taken from Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. Let's sing it together. Here is God's mission, my mission. We've discovered that God takes the initiative, but we'll also discover that God uses people, right? To share his unfailing love with others. I will praise you and I will tell of all your marvelous works. 3,000 year old song. Let's sing it together. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell of all your marvelous works. I will be glad rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name almost high. Well, I'm looking forward to our study today, Brittany, as we continue to look at God's mission to us. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much for the love that you have shown to us. Amen. Thank you for sending Jesus, and thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for us. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are come to our lives today. You come into our hearts today, and you help us understand your word. And so we just pray that as we study more about your mission, that we would come to a closer walk with you, dear Jesus, mm. and that our lives would be transformed so that we can't help but share you with others. Mm. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, have any of you ever been rescued before? 
we probably all could say that we have been, spiritually speaking. Um, but I had a story that happened to me several years ago, physically, where I was rescued. And it happened on the island of Palawan in the Philippines. I was serving for a year as a student missionary, and I had an, um, a hike that I had to take for the first month where I would hike from one mountain village down the mountain, across the river, and up the other side of the mountain to the next village to teach. And it took me about 30 minutes hike. And on this hike, um, this particular day, it was pouring rain. And that was typical in the Philippines. We had rainy season, dry season. Uh, so I had a rain jacket on and my backpack, and I was wearing soccer cleats because that's how you stayed on the trail when it was muddy. I got to the river that I always had to cross, and the river was stirring. It looked like just brown, stirring, very swift. And I was like, I've never seen the river like this before, but I guess I'm going to cross it. Um, and thankfully, there's a wire that goes across the river that you can hold on to to steady yourself. Well, I did have a thought that this w was not a good idea, but I decided to <laughs> continue to go anyhow. Um, and as I was going across the river, when I first stepped in, it wasn't so bad. But when I got to the midst of the river, the very middle, is when I was swept off my feet. Uh, the river was very swift at that middle section, and I was actually hanging by that wire without any footing. And I was dangling there on that wire. And I was thinking to myself, there's nobody here. I'm the only one in the middle of this river. Mm. And uh, I saw some people earlier on the trail, and they were saying, Danum, Danum, which meant water. Um, and I was thinking, oh, it's raining. But they were warning me about the river. <laughs> and at that moment, uh, my, the wire was digging into my hands. Uh. And I was feeling like I couldn't hold on much longer. So I cried out, Father, save me. Father, save me. And God helped me jam my foot between some rocks and push across to the other side of the river. And, um, and he saved my life. God. And uh, not only was that a saving physically, but as I reflected on that experience, um, God gave me a spiritual object lesson. Mm. And he showed me that um, my mission there in the Philippines, I needed to learn the language because the people had been warning me, you know, this is, you know, water and I didn't know the language yet. And, um, and just like I needed to learn their language in order to tell them the gospel. And um, when I was in the river, that's when I realized how swift and bad it was. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's how it is with sin. Mm -hmm. um, when we're going through, you know, starting out in sin, temptation, and then we get into the middle of it and we're mm -hmm. stuck mm -hmm. and we can't help ourselves. There's no way we can save ourselves or get out of that sin. Um, but we need our Heavenly Father, we need Jesus to save us. And after that experience, it gave me more focus in my mission that I needed to learn the language and that I was there to tell people, look, you don't want to get stuck in sin and you have a savior who can deliver you. Praise mm. God. So as we begin our study today, we're going to be studying more about God's mission to us. And this is part two of that um, particular topic. And we're going to be looking at the origin of mission and where does that originate. We studied a little bit about that last time, but we're going to continue in that subject. And what we're going to do um, right away is look at several verses that Jesus is actually speaking in, um, in the book of John. And we're going to look at all of those verses and we're going to see where the mission of the triune God in these testimonies of Jesus is. And so I'm going to ask Lalika if you would start us off with John chapter 4 and verse 34, and we're going to learn more about this mission of God. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. John 4, verse 34. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent to me 
and to finish his work. Thank you, Lalika. Amen. We're going to look at a few more verses and then we'll discuss that together. And I'm going to ask Glennie to read chapter 5 and verse 30 for okay. us. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version and it says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Thank you, Glennie. Yeah. We're also going to look at John 14, verse 6, and I'm going to ask Rodney to read that for us. John 14 and verse 6, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Thank you, Rodney. I would like Nancy to read the same chapter, chapter 14 and verses 16 through 18 for us, please. From the New King James Version. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you or orphans. I will come to you. Thank you, Nancy. We're going to continue on in the same chapter in verses 23 and 24, and I'm going to ask Samuel to read that for us. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the Father that, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Thank you, Samuel. And our last passage we're going to reflect on is John chapter 20, verses 21 and 22, and I'm going to ask Kailinda to read that for us. I will read from the New King James Version. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Kailinda. So just scanning each of those verses, Jesus is speaking in each one of them, right? Um, where do we see the mission of our triune God in these testimonies of Christ? Anyone? Yes, Pastor. You know, it just hit me uh, just hearing them again. Thank you for that kind of uh, summary of the sayings of Jesus. When I was in college, there was a young lady. She said, I love Jesus, but I hate God. Mm. She, she thought God, the Father, and Jesus were different mm. in terms of their character. Mm. But as you read this, the character of love that we see revealed in Jesus mm. is the character of the Father. Mm. That I came to reveal, you know, in fact, another place, Jesus says, if you've seen me, mm -hmm. you've seen the Father. Mm -hmm. So just it really impressed me that that beautiful revelation of love that we see, I guess, fleshed out in Jesus mm -hmm. is the character of God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're all working together. Yes, Jonathan. Yeah, I, I've just been struck recently of the beauty of the picture of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I've been studying about another religion recently that has a lot of good things, but doesn't believe in the reality of the Holy Spirit and just the fact that God wants to come and live inside of us, dwell inside of us, walk with us, speak to us, um, 
meet us in our needs. It, it, it really is, the more we look at it, it's a beautiful thing mm. that we, we don't value enough. Yeah, we have such a personal God mm. that um, is, they're all united in saving us. Mm. Mm. Yes, Travis. So one of the things that I saw while we were reading these passages was kind of the center of them in Revelation, or in John 14, where it said that it was Jesus' desire and God's desire that they make God the Father's there, that they make their home with us. Mm -hmm. That's the mission, mm -hmm. is to get all of us home, the whole world home. Mm -hmm. That's the mission of the Holy Spirit. That's the mission of God the Father. And that's the mission of Jesus himself. Praise that's God. right. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Kylinda, would you like to add to that? And what's really exciting is that we're also called to be part of this mission. <laughs> so, I mean, if you've ever like seen uh, a club that you wanted to join or a group of friends that were very close and you're like, oh, I want that or, or a family. Mm. You know, the Trinity is this ultimate, like cohesive, unified, love-filled group and they want us to be part of the mission mm. with them. Mm. That's beautiful. Amen. Rodney, please share with us. I find it just so incredibly amazing that even from the very beginning, you see the triune God saying, let us make man. Mm -hmm. You see another instance where Jesus was here now on the planet about to start his mission and he was baptized. You see, you know, God the Father saying, this is my mm -hmm. beloved son. And you see the Holy Spirit descending. Mm -hmm. You see with Jesus when he was talking constantly throughout the scriptures that we just read, how he was redirecting everyone to say, that is my father's will that I'm doing. And he also said that the Holy Spirit, if I go, the Holy, I will send the Holy Spirit or the Father will send the Holy Spirit to be with us until the end of the age. So all through scripture, you see the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, working together for man's salvation. Mm. So beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that wonderful summary, Rodney. Well, let's continue on, and we're gonna look back at creation, which we studied a lot about last time. We're gonna go to the book of Genesis, chapter one and verses 26 and 27. And I'm gonna ask Leah to read that for us. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27 in the English Standard Version reads, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Thank you, Leah. So how is the mission of the triune God seen in creation? We saw in the words of Jesus and all the times that he was talking about saving us, but even in creation before the fall, how do we see this mission of the triune God? Yes, Jonathan. Yeah, I think I mean, you see him trying to reach out into us and produce this reflection of himself. I mean, we were created in God's image, but that, that, that creation uh, then required the, the, the relational component to, to bring about the re full reflection of that image as we know him and reflect him. Mm -hmm. So he's always wanted a relationship, not just after we sinned, mm -hmm. but he wanted that from the beginning and he wanted us to reflect his character of love from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, so we see that carried on. Um, his goal is, is continuing even after sin, but before he had that plan in his mind and he had that desire in place. Mm -hmm. Did you want to add to that, Glennie? Yes, and I thought it was also interesting to see that his mission is 
even within the Godhead, it's relational in nature. Mm. You see, that's the nature of love. You cannot just withhold it and say, I'm mm. going to be a hermit and love within myself. But it, when you love, when you have enough love, you want to give. And that's something when God created ma man in his image, male and female, he created them. It wasn't just one being. It was just uh, n to reflect even that, that synergy that exists between the triune. Mm -hmm. mm. We see that selfless love. It's so beautiful. Yeah. We're going to continue on. I know we could spend a lot of time digging into this, but let's look at the focus of God's mission. And we're going to look at that in Matthew chapter 28. So let's go to Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20. And I'm going to ask Harold to read that for us. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Okay. And I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. And it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Harold. So what important truths are embedded in this beautiful mm. passage of Scripture? Anyone? Yes, Harold? Well, we are to participate, mm. basically co-workers with God, mm -hmm. and go share the message of love, mm. this message of, that, of restoration that God wants to bring about you know, to all humanity, mm -hmm. to go back to the original state of reflecting His character and understand, like, wow, how beautiful this relationship we can mm. like enjoy together. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I love that word, co-workers with God. Mm. It's amazing, and we're going to get into this more further in the study that the God of the universe would want to work with us <laughs> in creation. Mm. Yes, Samuel. I liked how uh, the passage says, Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples. Mm. Mm. The aspect of making disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of someone. Mm. And so mm. we as followers of Christ are to go and lead others to follow Christ. Mm -hmm. That is the focus of our mission. Mm -hmm, definitely. Mm -hmm. So making disciples is a very key component of that passage. Lalika. Yes, as Samuel was saying, this is an imperative uh, uh, verb, I would say, or a verb that with an imperative force. Mm -hmm. Make disciple. Mm -hmm. I'm called to join God in the mission and also to make others join the mission. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Yeah. Uh, the, the teaching and um, what is the, the other uh, verse, the baptizing and teaching, mm -hmm. they are what you do to make a disciple. Mm -hmm. I am a disciple. I'm called also to multiply disciples like me. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's so. beautiful. Yes, mm -hmm. Glennie. Um, I don't know about you, but when I hear the commission to make disciples, baptize people, do all of this, I'm like, I'm just a child. Mm. <laughs> how do I do all of this? But I love how this passage ends with, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. Mm -hmm. uh, I was looking at how often I am with you is in the Bible. You see it maybe about 36 or more occurrences in the Bible where God says to Moses, to Joshua, to Abraham, to Jeremiah, everyone, I am with you. It's not about what I can do. It's not about my, about my capabilities, but my availability to do what God has asked me to do. And that's empowering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Travis, did you want to add to that? Well, one of the things that I'm thinking of is when Jesus is commissioning them to make disciples is he is telling them or encouraging them to go 
-hmm. and um, invite people to be co-laborers with them for the salvation of souls. Mm -hmm. A disciple, uh, making a disciple isn't just teaching someone about Jesus, but it's, it's, it's inviting them to participate in saving others uh, around the globe. So being a disciple is much more than just speaking words. Um, it's an invitation um, to, to a mission, God's mission. That's beautiful, yes. Leah, please share with us. Whenever Jesus called his disciples, it was an invitation to follow. You know, it, it, anyone can teach people, but can you create community? Can you create relationships and connections with people that give them a deeper understanding of the connection and relationship that you have with God? So I think this calling for us to make disciples is a calling for us to build community and create those relationships that encourage us and in turn bring us closer to God. Mm, that's beautiful. Mm. Thank you so much, Leah. Now, as we reflect on this passage, um, what, uh, who is somebody who's helped you in your journey? Because we're all disciples of Jesus, right? Um, and most likely, you didn't just come out of the womb a disciple of Jesus, right? Um, somebody led you to Christ and has mentored you on your journey. So can you think of someone who's made an impact in your life um, that you would like to just thank God for in your life? Yes, Kylinda. My parents, um, I know that because we live in this sin-filled world, families are not perfect. And some people have great relationships with families, others not as, 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 as well. But my parents really were the primary mentors that introduced me to Jesus. And I, I think mm -hmm. that the language of family is even embedded mm -hmm. in the Trinity mm -hmm. when they speak of father and son. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in a perfect world, mm -hmm. you know, families would also reflect that tight-knit unity. And I'm very grateful for both my father and my mother for introducing me to Jesus. Amen. Wow. Thank you for that testimony. Beautiful. Mm. I wish we... I yes. had a great preacher, and I'll just make it short, but his name was C.D. Brooks. Mm. Mm. And, and uh, he, he, he told me how to preach. Mm. And, 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 and I actually learned by watching him mm. um, and, and listening to him. Mm. I almost started to sound like him. But uh, I think what we long for is someone that looks like what we want to become. Mm -hmm. mm. And so the Apostle Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Mm -hmm. right. And that's a big responsibility, but, but there are people, whether they're parents or, or other mentors, that, mm -hmm. that we say, no, oh, that, that's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Thank you for those testimonies. I wish we had time for, for more sharing, but we're going to go on to the message of the mission now. We've talked about the origin in the heart of God. We've talked about the focus, which is making disciples. And now we want to look at what is the message of the mission. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7. Matthew 10, verse 7. And I'm going to ask Amy to read that for us. Matthew 10, verse 7, and this is the New King James Version. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Thank you so much, Amy. And when, we were, when I was preparing for this study, I was looking at this phrase, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or some Bible versions say is 
at, is drawn near. Mm -hmm. um, and this phrase is used exactly 32 times mm -hmm. in the New Testament. The kingdom of heaven is at hand or the kingdom of heaven has drawn near. So it must be important if God repeated it 32 times, right? Um, so what does that mean, this kingdom of heaven has come or this kingdom of heaven has drawn near? And, and John preached it, Jesus preached it, and Jesus emphasized it in his ministry. Yes, Harold. Could, could we read, read another verse? It's in Luke chapter 17, verse 20 and 21. Sure. If, if that's possible, and then I'll add, respond to that. So Luke 17, verses 20 and 21? Yes. Go ahead and read it for us. Yeah. And I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. And it says, Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. No will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Mm -hmm. huh. And I think the kingdom of God is Jesus in us. I mean, he wants to dwell with us. I mean, the kingdom is not, I mean, it is a place. I mean, we are promised the new Jerusalem, but we need to live like in the kingdom here right now. And that's what Jesus was trying to teach mm -hmm. to overcome that kingdom of evil. It's like we can live like kingdom, children of the kingdom now, and I'm showing you how to live like it. Mm -hmm. So from this verse you're taking that Jesus is, uh, the kingdom of God is near as Jesus dwelling in us. Samuel, would you like to add to that? Yeah, and I, you know, I'd like to think of this kingdom as our hearts mm -hmm. and allowing Christ to come and rule in us. That's the kingdom of grace. When we accept Christ, mm -hmm. you know, he comes and he dwells in us as we have seen. God, you know, God says, I will be with you. And so the kingdom of God here, it's talking about the grace through, uh, you know, grace that God offers to us through which He continues, He comes and lives in us. Mm -hmm. That's what, you know, I understand by mm -hmm. this phrase, the kingdom of heaven is near. Mm -hmm. So God dwelling in us. Mm -hmm. uh, Jonathan, you'd like to share some more? Yeah, just <clears throat> to me this is important because you, you look at all of history <clears throat> and you see so many societies trying to fix the problems. Mm -hmm. Like maybe it's, you know, a good authoritarian leader, maybe it's, you know, politics or whatever. And I, I think this is God coming and demonstrating the the only real solution to all these problems that mankind tries to solve with kingdoms and with powers. And so I, I think it is a very real kingdom. I mean, yes, it is Christ who is, you know, the anointed one as as king. And that, that from the very beginning, he was the king who was supposed to be the king of, of Israel from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing what it's what it's like. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jonathan. Travis, did you want to add to that? Yeah, um, Samuel kind of took my thought in the sense that I was just thinking of John chapter 10, 10, where it says that, that uh, the thief comes to kill and destroy, but I come that they might have life and life more abundantly. Mm -hmm. The kingdom of grace, what I believe is what is talking about. Jesus came to shed grace to the world. That was his whole mission that people would come to a greater and still greater knowledge of the immeasurable and unfailing love of God. Mm -hmm. It was the kingdom of grace in person. Mm -hmm. Jesus was that person. Mm -hmm. And one day he's going to restore his yeah. kingdom and he's going to actually, the Bible talks about bringing his kingdom down to this earth that's being renewed, right? Mm -hmm. So he wants to start his kingdom in, in our mm -hmm. lives today. He wants us to share to everyone else. You can be part of this kingdom, mm -hmm. right? Um, accept him into your heart and one day we're going to actually live in that kingdom where everyone is loving one another and there's no more hatred, there's no more crime, there's none of that, right? Um, so we're, we're starting in that process of joining his kingdom today, but we are going to live in a place 
that is everything of his character and nothing of sin um, one day. And that's something that I can't wait for. Um, let's look at some verses about um, what Jesus said in John chapter 3. We're going to look at John 3 verses 14 through 17. And he talked more about this kingdom. I'm going to ask Rodney to read that for us. John chapter 3 verses 14 through 17. I'm reading from the New King James Version, John 3, verses 14 to 17. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Thank you, Rodney, for reading that beautiful passage. If that was the only passage of Scripture that we had, we would have hope, right? Um, because it shows us God's plan to bring us to his kingdom. And the only way that we can be part of that kingdom is to believe in Jesus who died for us, right? And to accept that unmeasurable and unfailing love from God for us. You know, I want to reaffirm what Travis said earlier because a lot of people say, well, I'd like to be part of the kingdom of glory, you know, and all of that. But the only way to be part of the kingdom of glory is to be part of the kingdom of grace now, mm -hmm. is to accept what Jesus has done, to believe mm -hmm. and to say, Jesus, save me now. And, and then we are part of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. It will be glorious later, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. but, but it's not like, and someday I'll be part of the kingdom. No, we are part of the kingdom when we accept Jesus. That's right. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Derek. Well, I'd like us to look at Revelation because in Revelation we see more about this message of the mission. In Revelation 14, verses 6 and 7, we're going to look at how the good news, we often call the gospel the good news, right, um, is also called the everlasting gospel. Mm -hmm. So let's look at Revelation 14, 6 and 7. I'm going to ask Travis to read that for us. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell in the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him who has made heaven and earth, the sea, and springs of water. Thank you so much, Travis. So why do you think the good news is also called the everlasting gospel? We see that phrase here in Revelation. Um, any ideas, Glennie? Because it's a timeless message that mm. creates everlasting changes in all areas of life. Mm. That's beautiful. A timeless message that makes everlasting difference in every area of our life. Wow, what a, a beautiful way to summarize that. Anyone else? Yes, Jonathan. Yeah, because as we've seen, it <clears throat> didn't just begin with Christ. It has been from eternity. It's, it's, it flows out from the nature of God, mm -hmm. Amen. who He is. Yeah. There's a verse in Revelation, I can't remember exactly where it's found, but it says that Christ was the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Mm -hmm. So that plan was in place even before Adam and Eve, even before God created this earth, mm -hmm. um, that if we did choose to walk away, they would have a plan to bring us back. Mm -hmm. And so this everlasting gospel is just showing God's character doesn't change. Even though we mess up, 
he's still coming after us and and the good news is going to be good news for all eternity mm -hmm. um, something that that we can't even fathom quite yet but we're mm -hmm. we're understanding a little bit more each day mm -hmm. now how in this in this passage in revelation we see not only it called the everlasting gospel but it also me mentions judgment it said judgment has come right mm -hmm. so how is judgment related to the gospel a lot of times we like to separate them oh i don't want to talk about being judged or i don't want to talk about judgment that's not the gospel message but how do we see the two go together lalika uh, we'd like to go and say that when we read about the kingdom of God is coming, there are commentators that says that the word kingdom of God, it can mean a lot of things in different situations where Jesus speaks about it. It may mean the judgment is coming. It may be that the Jesus or the salvation is coming. We see John speaking uh, about, you know, being, repent now because now is, is the time of repentance. But here we see that if it were not for the gospel, right? We would have uh, any other ways of escaping the judgment of God. Mm -hmm. It's eternal because it's before the covenant even. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay, so judgment uh, is part of God's plan as well, um, but without the gospel we would all be condemned in the judgment. Mm -hmm. Yes, Travis? So I just think we, I want to make the, um, the statement that the judgment is good news. In the book of Acts, it says God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. Mm -hmm. That can't be our righteousness because the Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. So that can only mean when he judges the world, what, what this judgment we're seeing, we're being judged according to his righteousness. Mm -hmm. And we know that he fulfilled the law perfectly. He lived a perfect right a perfect life. He is our righteous judge. I believe this is an invitation to accept by grace the gift that God has given. And when we do, he's going to judge in our favors. I believe the judgment is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that beautiful insight into God's judgment and how it is about Christ's righteousness and how we are not guilty because of accepting him and him covering us with his righteousness. So that's beautiful. We also know in the judgment that there's two sides though, mm -hmm. um, that there's those who have accepted him and those who have not. Mm -hmm. So the, the judgment will also reveal that. Mm -hmm. will reveal who have accepted God's grace and who has not. Um, while God wishes all of us to accept it, there's still going to be some who don't. Mm -hmm. um, and so the revelation of the judgment will reveal uh, mm -hmm. who did you choose? Did you choose mm -hmm. Jesus as your representative or are you just representing yourself? Mm -hmm. um, and your rags, your filthy rags are not enough, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the reason, Brittany, that the angels crying with a loud voice is because time is almost over mm -hmm. and the kingdom of glory will be ushered in and that declaration it is finished the one who is filthy filthy still the one righteous mm -hmm. righteous still and God wants everybody to be part of his kingdom of glory mm -hmm. but now is the time to accept what Jesus has done so I think there is that sense of urgency and that's why this mission that we're studying about is so important mm -hmm. because we're, we're almost home. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much, Derek, for sharing that. Well, the next part of our lesson is looking at channels of mission. And the amazing thing that we've alluded to in the past, but we haven't discussed, is how the God of the universe is the one who did the work to save us, mm -hmm. but now he calls us to partner <laughs> with him to go and save others right? Um, and I just saw Glennie's eyes. Sometimes it's scary, right? But it's also exciting. Um, but we want to talk about why 
why would God choose us, frail human beings, sinful, uh, weak, um, not so smart, right? Why did he choose us and not the angels or some other being he's created in another planet? Why did he choose human beings to be part of his mission, to be a channel for him? Samuel. I think there are a couple reasons that I could think of on top of my head. One is in the process of us ministering to others, mm -hmm. God saves us. Mm -hmm. you know? And the other thing that I think is, if an a perfect mm -hmm. angel comes to a human being and says, hey, you know, accept Christ, <laughs> the human be like, what do you know about being a human? Mm -hmm. I'm going through these challenges. You know, you're perfect, you know. Yeah. And so God uses us, imperfect, frail human beings, so that when God makes us whole, we can go and show others, here's the physician mm -hmm. who made me whole mm -hmm. because I was just like you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's twofold. Um, you summarize it so well, Samuel. There's twofold reason, right? Mm -hmm. One is that God is transforming our lives as we share with others. Mm -hmm. And the other is that we can relate. People mm -hmm. can relate to us because we're human and they're human too. And we can say, look what God did for me. He can do it for you too. Right. right? Um, it's so beautiful. Uh, there's a verse that I'd like us to look at that kind of summarizes that in First Peter. It's not in our outline, but it's in First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, and I, I believe that it kind of summarizes what this channel and how God has called us to be part of his mission. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, and I'm going to ask Kylinda to read that for us. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Mm. Amen. <laughs> this beautiful testimony of Peter, right? A disciple of, of Christ um, who made a lot of mistakes, mm. but he realized God had called him and he was transforming him and calling him into his light and he gave him the mission to go share that with others, right? Mm. Um, so I just love that, that passage and how it, it gives us our, our call to mission mm. and, it, and it shows us how God is using us to bless the world. Mm. Let's continue on and let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. And I love this testimony of Paul because many times when uh, we may sense that God is calling us to do something, we feel like we're inadequate, yeah. right? And many times we can come up with so many excuses of why God could find someone better. And we see that in the Bible, right? With Moses and many others like, oh, I can't do this. My, my tongue is slow. I can't do this. Uh, and many times we give God that excuse, but Paul gives us some hope. So let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. And I'm going to ask Amy to read that for us. Second Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10, and this is New King James Version. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Amy. What a beautiful testimony. Yeah. What do you learn from Paul's testimony here? Yes, Rodney. 
if I depend on myself, Brittany, I'm bound to fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, in, in Paul's case, Paul was a very, very strong and devoted follower of Christ. And if he is calling out his infirmities here, um, it is clear that we need not to depend on our own um, guidance. In fact, um, there is a text that says, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. death. So we have to we have to depend on God for to, to lead our lives consistently. And Paul himself also said, made a statement, it is not I, but Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm, beautiful testimony. Thank you, Rodney. Yes, Glennie, and then Samuel. Mm-hmm. Now, I was just thinking, it's such an upside-down principle. Mm-hmm. Like, we usually boast by our strengths, right? And mm-hmm. to think that we are uplifting our weaknesses. Imagine going to a job interview and people, they usually mm-hmm. ask you, what are your strengths? And <laughs> emphasizing on how I'm working on my weakness, and it's going to be great someday. But it, that that's empowering also to know that I might look at areas I'm weak at and and like the examples you give, like Moses, think, how can I do this, Lord? Mm-hmm. But to know that when he works through me, I don't get the glory. He gets the glory in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not about our abilities. It's about our willingness to right. be used, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Samuel. And what it shows to me is that our limitations does not stop God from working oh, through yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Our Praise limitations God. are through which God shows himself for us more personally mm-hmm. and uses us. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, now I'd like to open up an opportunity for you to share a time where you felt inadequate or you felt weak, but you saw God use you anyway. Um, and you saw God do something that you never thought you'd be able to do. Um, and, and God used you to bless another person's life. Does someone have a short story or testimony that they would like to share? Yes, Lalika. Uh, I would say coming to the Hope Sabbath School. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't think I would uh, would be someone qualified for this because of my English. I never studied English in America. Um, I never took a, uh, formal classes. And um, when I, you know, the time came, I was like, Lord, I'm not qualified for this. I totally am not. And uh, seeing how God has been uh, using uh, me in terms of giving me capability every single day I beg him to teach me more English mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. it's beautiful to see that mm-hmm. he can make uh, us able. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that God. testimony Amen. Lalika. That's beautiful. Anyone else? Yes, Kailinda. I'm a scientist and the scientific process of discovery has a lot of failures, a lot of optimization, a lot of physical and mental work. And I think the mission of the gospel, it, it's similar. Someone told me, you will not be successful as a scientist if you're only there for the eureka moments, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if, when the times in my life when I focused on numbers, like how many people say yes, how many people want to accept, and I'm not finding purpose and joy in this co-working laboring with Jesus, Mm. then you lose hope and you you become discouraged. But I've been blessed that there are moments when, you know, Jesus says, maybe offer a prayer with this person or maybe send a note of encouragement to this person. Mm. And I've been able to share Jesus to people who have a very negative opinion about faith or about religion Mm. in a secular workplace. And so I'm thankful that God has given me wisdom and, and tact in how I work and hope. 
Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you. Because we are all in different places, uh, workplaces, education, different mm -hmm. areas, and God can use us right where we're at, right, mm -hmm. to be a missionary. Mm -hmm. um, you wanted to share as well, Samuel. Sure. In 2016, I was involved in this canvassing program. Canvassing mm -hmm. program is where we go door to door and sell Christian literature. Mm -hmm. And it was part of my school requirement, so I was doing this. And it was pretty early on in my canvassing experience. I've never canvassed before. And so there was this one day where I was canvassing for about five hours and I only had two books. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I was very discouraged, but I was praying. I was like, God, you know, is it me? Why? What, what's happening? <laughs> and I was praying and, and, you know, I had a sense of peace that, you know, it's not about the number of books, but it's mm -hmm. about trusting in God. Mm -hmm. And as we enter into the final couple hours, I went into this, I went to this house and I was canvassing and they bought every book in, in my bag. Mm. Okay. And then from then on, everything else changed. Mm -hmm. And so that experience showed to me the importance mm -hmm. of trusting in God when mm -hmm. we are doing His work. Beautiful. And we've heard it said before that God would have come for just one person, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. um, to accept Him. So mm -hmm. sometimes we think, I'm not doing that much for God. I mm -hmm. only, you know, prayed with that one person or maybe only one person in my workplace was willing to listen to me share my testimony. But that one person will have eternity with God, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we can't just focus on how many people, um, but we need to be intentional in that moment by moment with God. Mm -hmm. And He will use us in ways that we didn't imagine. Praise mm -hmm. God. Thank you for your testimonies. Mm -hmm. The last part of our lesson is looking at the extent of God's mission. And we want to look at some verses to talk about, um, you know, where does God want to use us? And is it just in one place? Um, so let's go to Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. And I'm going to ask Leah to read that for us. Mark 16, 15. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Mark 16, verse 15 reads, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole nation. Thank you, Leah. We're also going to look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. I'm going to ask Travis to read that for us. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. You are a light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Thank you, Travis. And one more verse. We're going to look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I'm going to ask Nancy to read that for us. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Mm, beautiful. So just looking at these three passages, according to Jesus, how extensive is his mission and where does it begin? Mm. Yes, Rodney. You know, the text that Nancy just read, it, it almost gives like phases. It says, uh, witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and then to the end of the world or end of the earth. So it, it, it is for everybody. Um, and it starts with, with us as individuals and then our families and we extend to our neighbors and we, we just continue to, to extend and extend. And not everyone um, is going to be able to go to the Philippines like Brittany did. Uh, but we, we have our neighbors, we have our family members, we have our parents, we have our cousins, or 
you know, so the, 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 the gospel is for everybody and God gives us the opportunity. Sometimes we don't realize it, but he gives us the opportunity to share Jesus in, in many ways. And Travis mentioned earlier about, you know, just, just the way we live with each other and sharing with each other, developing relationships with each other. That is how Jesus is going to use us and other means to spread this good news of salvation to the world. Amen. Thank you, Rodney. That's beautiful. Anyone else? Um, yes, Nancy. Yeah, um, Rodney said it, but yes, it begins with us. We need to mm -hmm. first seek God and His righteousness, mm -hmm. and when He's living and working through us, then we'll be able to reach the world for Him. Mm -hmm. And we live in a time in world's history when it's really easy to share the gospel. I mean, the first um, way that we share the gospel is by treating everyone like family, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm the way Jesus treated everyone. But we can also use programs like Hope Sabbath School and whatever, um, there's, there's some, the media nowadays is just so powerful to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. Thank you, mm -hmm. Nancy. Jonathan, you wanted to add to that? Yeah, just uh, similar to what she said, the, it starts with the, the promise of the Holy Spirit. I mean, mm -hmm. <clears throat> they didn't go immediately as soon as they got the message and as soon as Christ gave them the commission, they, they first mm -hmm. waited mm -hmm. and prayed and made sure that it was not them going out by their own strength, but by God's power, and I think that's important. That's so important. We have to have the Holy Spirit because without Him, we can do nothing, right? Um, and He will lead us um, to different people that we may need to say a word of encouragement to, or we, we may need to pray with them, or maybe they'll ask us a question and we can share something that we've learned about God. Um, or maybe someone wants to hear our whole testimony, but we need to be led by the Holy Spirit because Amen. He knows what each person that we're encountering every day needs, and He can use us to meet that need through His power, and we can be those channels of mission for Him. Well, I love our last passage of Scripture that we're going to look at today in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, because it shows us that the commission that God gave will be fulfilled. Praise God. Um, and he, he always keeps His promises. Mm -hmm. So let's look at Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, and I'm going to ask if Kailinda would read that for us. Absolutely. And so this is from the New King James Version. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palm branches in their hands. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful picture. People from every tribe, tongue, and nation standing before God, the one who redeemed them, and praising Him with palm branches, right? Mm -hmm. And I hope that each one of us chooses to be one of those people, um, but not just stop at that, but that we would see how many more people we can invite to this grand celebration of our Lord and Savior that we will be able to enjoy throughout eternity. Amen. So beautiful. Um, as we wrap up our lesson, I just wanted to ask um, if anyone would share just a short story of how um, God has changed your life by joining Him in His mission. Would someone like to share just a very short uh, story about what God has done? Yes, Amy. It's not really a story, except that it's helped me, as I'm involved in God's mission, it's helped me to be more aware of other people's needs. So it's kind of taken the focus off of me and my own needs and how I'm feeling, how I'm doing, but it's focusing more on how other people are doing, how I can minister to them. And that's been a big shift for me, to be honest. I think we're all uh, quite self-centered often. 
And being involved in God's mission helps to change and adjust that a little bit so that we're focused more on others than just on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Amy. So mm -hmm. we have a whole mind shift um, that happens. Yes, Lalika. To me as well, it helps me to be more international and uh, fight whatever tendency I have to put people in a box or group or being hostile towards some kind of people. Here it says to every nation, tribe, mm -hmm. people, tongue, languages. Mm -hmm. um, it makes me look at others as God looks at them. Praise Amen. God. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Praise That's God. beautiful. Amen. Thank you all for sharing. And I hope that you, our, our Hope Sabbath School family around the world, takes that mission to heart. That first of all, you accept what Christ has done for you and that you join him in his mission to reach this world for him. Pastor Derek, would you please pray for us? Thank you, Brittany. What a great study. Actually, I'd like to give an invitation to, to you uh, where you are. Uh, I'd like you to share with us how joining God in his mission has impacted your life. You can write to us at sshope at hopetv.org because I think, Brittany, they've got a story too. You have a story too. Because when we join God in his mission, our own lives are blessed. Mm -hmm. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you again for your mission, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, your mission of love, to reveal your love to us, to bring us back into a perfect unity with you. And I thank you that you give us the privilege also to join you in that sacred mission. I pray today for each person that your Holy Spirit would guide us to know what you want us to do in response to your unfailing love. And I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. You see, Derek, uh, does that mean I have to go to like the other side of the world? And the answer is maybe, if that's what God asks you to do. But it may be talking to your brother. It may be talking to your neighbor, to someone at work, to tell them that life is not meaningless, that God loves us with an immeasurable and unfailing love and wants us to spend eternity with him. Just let the Holy Spirit guide you, direct your steps. Take what you've learned today, my friend. Go out and be a blessing to those around you.